we are hoping to show you just what is possible out there in our strange and wondrous world. One of the dogs started to howl. Almost immediately, all 400 dogs that were there started to howl along with it. We travel for business. We travel for pleasure. The conditions can change so quickly, and it became very challenging to maneuver that kayak. We travel to expand our minds. Of course, the most dangerous animal in Africa is the hippo. More people are killed by hippos than anything else. Whether it's one state over. I was looking for a longer treatment, like 90 days, six months, and my treatment plan was to go hike the Appalachian Trail. Or halfway around the globe this fantastic high desert. You watch the sky at night, so you just see the Milky Way and shooting stars. If the world's a book, why only read one page? I'm Elizabeth Hill, and you're listening to a WAMC Northeast Public Radio production. This is Postcards from the Road. Support for Postcards from the Road comes from CEFQ, serving banking, insurance, and investment needs with more than 30 branches across the greater capital region. Also offering assistance to local nonprofit organizations through CEFQ's community support program. CEFQ, changing lives every day. CEFQ.com. Jessica Holmes is a 46-year-old comedian and mental health advocate. I spoke with Holmes on WAMC's 51% about her new memoir, Depression the Comedy, a comedic conversation starter about depression. On this episode of Postcards, however, Holmes focuses on her mission work in Venezuela with the Mormon Church in the early 90s. Holmes says her upbringing with a Mormon father and an agnostic mother led her to the church when she was 19. Mormons are a really tight-knit community, and they believe in God and Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then they also believe in the prophet Joseph Smith, who lived in America in the 1800s. And he uncovered these tablets that created the Book of Mormon, which is like a companion to the Bible. So that's technically what their belief system is. And then the mission that I served, I went down to Venezuela for 18 months when I was 21. And we did proselytizing. So just door to door sharing the gospel, sharing the message, and uh, seeing who wanted to join the church. And uh, it was it was very, very hard work. I was an introvert before I served that mission. I didn't have a lot of confidence. And then when I came back from the mission, I was like, I'm a comedian, I'm a loud person. <laughs> so I would for sure say I found my personality in that work. Did you speak Spanish going down to Venezuela? I didn't. And so in Utah, which is sort of Mormon headquarters, they have a training center where you go, uh, you get five weeks of language training and then three weeks of sort of general missionary training. And after that, you're just shipped down to Venezuela. And I only uh, I lived with a, a Spanish speaking missionary and suddenly, you know, it was fully immersive. I, I didn't speak English. I wasn't, you know, calling home. I didn't have any contact with anyone English speaking for two months. So you pick the language up very quickly. Yeah. And it was uh, quite a few, uh, I will say, lonely nights crying into my pillow saying, I just don't understand. <sighs> but, um, you know, within six months, I was fluent. And <laughs> we had a very specific dress code. Um, and one of the things was you weren't allowed to wear a hat. And 
this is problematic because I am as Irish as they come and as British as they come. And so even though I was putting on the SPF every day, I was getting major sunburns and I would say, can't I wear a hat? And they'd say, no, just the farmers wear hats. People will think you're a farmer and they won't understand you're with the church. So, all right, I would I would get rid of my hat and then just go and, and have a perpetual burn. So my nickname was La Rojita, which oh. means little red one. Yeah. And people said, you look like a tomato on a toothpick. But <laughs> uh, I embraced it. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. That's what I say. So true. And when I got home, it honestly took probably two or three years for my skin to look like the skin of a 20-year-old again. Oh, it, no. I pretty much looked like I had been wintering in Florida with <laughs> the cotton top <laughs> for, you know, two decades or something. So, yeah, it, I embrace hats. And to this day, my friends make fun of me because I swim in full SPF gear with like an umbrella in the water <laughs> trying to make up for lost shade. I I don't regret any of that experience for a second. I think it really made me grow up quickly and, and get a thick skin and learn compassion. So it, it was incredible. And I, I really value my Spanish. I'm still in touch with some of my uh, Venezuelan friends. Was this the first time you had been out of the country? Uh, yes, other than to a trip to Cuba as a teenager. Um, this was my first time out of the country. And I have to say it's the most beautiful place. Within its borders, you have these cool mountain regions, but then you also have large desert regions, and each region has their own type of music. And people were so friendly that it actually took me a long time to break the habit of just randomly saying hello to people on the street. <laughs> because in Venezuela, anyone you pass, you're like, hola, como esta? Hola, hola. Um, and then, you know, you get... I got back to my big city and I'm saying hi to people and you know then there's <laughs> somebody's following me home before I know it or you know people are telling me f off or whatever so it's just yeah it's <laughs> it definitely is a friendly friendly culture down and there and uh beautiful what sights did you see while you were down there i'm i'm sure you had time to or maybe you didn't have time to see the country while doing your mission um, work yeah so we we went once to los llanos I don't know whether that means countryside or a specific desert that we went to, but whatever it was, it was this arid giant, uh, looked like the prairies. It was just flat sand cacti area, which was incredible. And, you know, you'd see a lot of older men out sitting on their porch playing their little guitars and stuff. So that was incredible. But then the most beautiful place I thought that we saw was called Merida, M-E-R-I-D-A, and Colonia Tovar, which I think is like a German kind of area um, settlement up high in the mountains and uh, just beautiful. Like I'd never, I'd never been to a mountain before. (laughs) So um, it would, to me, it was breathtaking and beautiful. Uh, I got my first tick. Oh no. (laughs) I know. I know. What do you do? Right. All kinds of new experiences. Um, And it was incredibly beautiful. And I've, I've really wanted to go back, um, but I I can't because of the, the turmoil that's happening down there. But um, I hope they find peace. I hope the Venezuelan people get to go back to their regular way of life and that the rest of the world can go make it a destination for tourism because it's incredibly beautiful. And you've stayed in contact with people down there. Are you still talking to them during this turmoil or is it hard to get a hold of anybody? Um, you know what? They they have cell service. What they don't have is food. Um, and so I've arranged to kind of send stuff down for them. And then um, one of my closest friends down there, she has a family of five and, and just 
couldn't feed them anymore. So they have gone as refugees uh, to Peru. I was able to help a bit with some of the logistics of that. And so I'm it would really be nice for me to, to one day be able to go visit her down in Peru. But I mean, the ultimate hope is that there's peace in Venezuela again and that people can go home and and not go hungry if they go back to their home. Lastly, why did you end up leaving the Mormon church? I, um, when I got back to uh, Toronto after finishing my mission, I, I got really into comedy and I ended up making a lot of friends who uh, were gay and I brought them to church and sort of quickly realized that even though it's a place where gay people are accepted, they weren't accepted in a way that they could ever be married or, or anything like that. And my personal feeling was just, I could only be at peace if I knew that everyone was loved equally and given equal opportunities. So, you know, it broke my heart, but it just, it wasn't the the right place for me. I still have lots of love and respect for my family and friends who are in the church. I just, for myself, I had to um, to go where I, I would know that my friends were accepted equally. To hear my interview with Jessica about her new book, Depression the Comedy, check out wamcpodcasts.org slash 51%. And while you're there, check out Postcards from the Road and subscribe on your audio app of choice. Postcards from the Road is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. I'm your host and producer, Elizabeth Hill. Our theme music is Cherry Blossom Wonders by Kevin McLeod. If you would like to share your travel story with WAMC, email us at postcards at wamc.org.